very good morning to you. If you'd like to grab your coffee, grab a donut, come and grab a seat, we'll get cracking. If you're new here or you're visiting, you're very welcome. It's lovely to see you here this morning. In one of the chairs near you, you'll see a black couch thing, and in there should be one of these green forms. It's just a connect card. If you'd like to fill that out with name, address, a few bits of information about yourself, just so that we can get in touch with you. You're not signing your life away. Um, it just means that we can get in touch with you and let you know a little bit more about what's going on with the church and uh, some of the things that we believe and feel that God's called us to do. And if you take that and hand it in to Ravi up at the PA desk at the back, um, he'd be delighted to, to take that for you. Last week we began a short series looking at, looking at the subject of margin. How many of you were here last week? Just stick your hands up. Very good. The rest of you are excused. Because uh, last week, well, you're sort of excused. Um, last week, if you were here, we set ourselves a sort of uh, five minutes of stillness challenge. Yeah, remember that? It's like, oh yeah, I forgot about that. How did you get on? How did we get on? Did we do the five minutes of stillness? Yes? How, how did you find it? Was it... Was it difficult? Scale of one to ten, like impossible, very, very simple. Only five minutes. I took, I took three hours. How was it? Cool? Easy? Difficult? Easy? Did you feel the Lord spoke to you? Yes? No? No? That's all right. Very good. Okay, if you've got a Bible, why don't you turn with me to Matthew chapter, um, Matthew chapter 11. As I'm spending so much time enjoying my margin, you're going to have to go without PowerPoint presentations for a while. <laughs> there are Bibles. There are Bibles around here. Matthew chapter 11. No, that's... Verse 28. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy. And my burden is light. Uh, if you missed last week, um, as I've been praying about doing this series on margin, the thing that kind of keeps coming to me is I wonder whether uh, some of us are living increasingly at both an unsustainable and in actual fact an unbiblical um, pace. And so we find ourselves far too easily living with uh, what I'm calling very little margin. We have very little margin for error in the major areas of our lives. Far too many people, far too many of us find ourselves with no margin whatsoever for some of the most important things in life. We have very little margin to be present, to be available to those around us. Little margin to be present for those uh, we love. We find ourselves rarely having the luxury of having the time and the space to be interrupted 
and for that interruption to be a joy. We find ourselves um, not having the time and space uh, to rest. We find ourselves not having the time to, to relax and to reflect. We find ourselves, most importantly, um, not having time, not having margin for God and for all that he has for us. And so over the next couple of weeks and over the summer, before September is upon us again, I want us to be thinking about, I want us to be prayerfully pondering this, this question. And the question is, how much margin do I have in my life? How much margin do I have in my life? And when I'm talking about margin, what I'm talking about is space. I'm talking about the difference between what we have and what we need. I'm talking about the amount that is available to us beyond what's necessary, beyond what's really needed. You see, because when we have margin in our lives, we have the time and the space and the opportunity for all kinds of things to happen. When we have margin in our lives, we have time uh, and space to rest. When we have margin in our lives, we have the time and, and just the space the capacity for the people around us. When we have margin in our lives, we have time and space, opportunity for the kingdom of God to break through, for the things of the kingdom to break through. And we, we have time, we have space, we've created space for God. The reality, I think, is that many of us um, would say that margin is the very thing that we, we don't have. And yet Jesus says here in Matthew 11, come to me. Come to me, all you who are weary, all you who are heavy laden. Come to me and I, Jesus, I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am humble, I am gentle. Of heart, you will find rest for your souls. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. What happens, what happens when we don't have margin in our lives? What happens when we live a marginless existence? What happens when our margin, the space, if you like, around the page, the space around the words, the words, what happens when that margin decreases? Well, when margin decreases, uh, stress levels inevitably increase. As margin decreases, our stress levels increase. When we're running late for something, you know, your, your, your margin decreases. What happens? I'm like, I, I really like to be on time, right? Kate has a slightly more flexible approach to timekeeping. It's the creative genius, I think, in her. She's not in the room. Um, I'm going to die. I'm going I'm to pay for that. But um, it, it's an interesting dilemma between us, how we work that one out. Um, but, you know, uh, so this is something that's very familiar to me, you know, but you're running late. What happens when you're running late? You're running late for a meeting or something like that. What tends to happen in our household, um, Kate doesn't actually mind, so she's pretty chilled about the whole thing. I... 
I get pretty angsty. I get pretty. Uh, I get touchy. I, I get irritable uh, very quickly. Actually, I, I kind of start. I can feel myself getting really kind of like. I'm like, like you know, my stress level just increases. For some, for some of you, perhaps that very thing happened this very morning. I, I, I have no idea. Um, how many of us sometimes on our way to church, we might be running late. Not that that very often happens here, but occasionally I've heard it said in some churches that's a dilemma for them. That's two weeks on the trot, there you go. Uh, and um, that's all I'm going to say. Uh, and it's obviously not our fault. It wasn't our fault. It wasn't my fault. It's never my fault. In our household, it's never my fault. There's always somebody else in the family who is behind schedule, who should have got themselves ready and they didn't get ready. And so, um, and suddenly the margin that we thought that we had, the margin that I have very intentionally created, is being squeezed, not by myself and my own lack of preparation, but other people's lack of preparation. This is an offense to me and so I react quite quickly and uh, suddenly my margin is being decreased and my stress levels are going up. Sure, this doesn't happen to you, but I've heard it said that sometimes we can find ourselves even on the way to church, having somewhat less than godly conversations in the car. You know, you should have, and you, you know, why you didn't, and you, you, you always, and you never, and now we get to go to worship God and praise Jesus. Because when the margin in our lives goes down, the stress in our lives, the stress in our lives goes up. And Jesus says, come to me, all you who are weary, all you who are heavy laden, come to me and I will give you rest. Jesus says, take my yoke upon you. Jesus says, learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. You will find rest for your souls. Jesus says, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. Same would be true of financial margin. When our financial margin goes down, our stress levels tend to go up. And uh, especially if we're married, um, there might be a conversation around the lines of, you spent what on what exactly? Can you help me understand that? You know, um, what happens? I mean, maybe something just stops working. I don't know, maybe it's the washing machine or the car. It just breaks. And suddenly you've got two problems. You know, the first is something's broken. That's a problem. And then the second thing is, how are we going to pay for it? Morning. Good morning. So what happens when our financial margin decreases, our stress levels increase? Jesus says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, all you who are weary and heavy laden. I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I'm gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. My yoke is easy, my burden is light. Second thing I think that happens when margin decreases is that our ability to be present also decreases. As our space, as our margin decreases, our ability to be present decreases. And so for those of us who have allowed ourselves to get uh, too busy or um, we're too frustrated or we're too challenged, what happens is 
uh, our minds tend, our minds and our brains tend to go into overdrive. And we lose the ability to disengage from the things that we have decided are incredibly important. We've got too many things going on and our brains find themselves running in overdrive, trying literally to process it all, trying to digest all the stuff we're ramming into our heads and our brains are ticking over going, well, how am I going to meet, how am I going to meet that deadline? Uh, oh, I, I, I forgot about that. I think I'm supposed to have done that, but I haven't done that, so I think I'm behind now. And there was something about the kids. I think there was something I was supposed to be doing with the kids. What was it? Oh, yes, picking them up from school. Yes. There's a whole host of these things that we're trying to process that we're supposed to have done, and our poor brains are literally just trying to work to sort and arrange it and just cope with it all. And so they're whirring 24-7 trying to file stuff and create to-do lists and prioritize it all. And, 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 and. and so all the time that that's going on in our heads, we can find ourselves in a situation whereby we can be with someone, but we're not actually with them. We're technically, we're physically present, but we're not entirely present. We may well find ourselves this summer lying by the pool in the south of France. But the question is, are we actually by the pool in the south of France? Because our minds are still running. Our brains are still whirring. Something's always going on in our heads. We were out the other day. We were having, um, we were having a bite to eat. And it was a family. And they were, they were having supper together. And, you know, we thought, oh, that's nice. nice. A family out having supper together, that's lovely. And then, kind of as we looked, they were all sat around the same table having supper, but all four of them were on four different devices. Techno, you know, electrical thingies. You know, modern gadgetry. And, you know, um, uh, they were all tapping away, uh, you know, doing something. One of them was probably, I don't know, on Facebook. Someone else was texting someone. Uh, one of them looked like he was emailing something that he'd forgotten to do from work. You know, someone was probably tweeting, saying what an amazing time they were having with their family out for supper. You know, uh, and the question is a genuine question: is like, are we being present? Are we present? Because when our margin decreases, so too does our ability to be present and just to just to enjoy the moment. Every time we go, um, recently, last few years, this is my old old man grudge. You know, gripe. Here we go. Um, every time we go to like school productions recently, every time we go to a, a, a play or something like that, is it just me or is like everybody filming the play, but no one's actually watching the play? I don't even know if filming is the right word. Is that, is that like old school? Do we still film? Someone tell me. Video. They're capturing it on a device. Uh, we were watching the live stream of a uh, conference, um, a, a, a national conference the other day, and, um, and during the worship, all you could see around the whole auditorium were iPhones. So during the worship, what everyone was doing was they were, they were recording what God was doing, and, and I'm sure they, they were there too, um, open and responsive to what the Spirit of God was doing in their lives, but a lot of it sort of appeared later on social media sites. Look what God's doing, isn't it amazing? And you kind of think, well, just, just 
switch it off and just be, just be in that moment? Are we losing our ability to just be present? So there's a question for us. Are we allowing ourselves to be present? Are we allowing ourselves to just be in a moment and enjoy it? Jesus says, come to me, all you who are weary, all you who are heavy laden. Come to me and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. As our margin decreases, not only does our stress increase, not only does our ability to be present decrease, um, but our availability to others, our, um, our relational intimacy, if you like, it also decreases. And it's not just our relational intimacy with one another, it's also our relational intimacy with God. It decreases. And so we have no time to abandon ourselves to prayer. We like the idea of it, but we just don't have the time. We, we have no time to immerse ourselves in the scriptures. We think it's something that we should probably be doing, but we just don't have the time. We have no time to just sit and be and to soak in God's presence. It sounds like a lovely idea. I, I, I'd love to be able to do that, but I, I, I just don't have the time. We're just too busy. We're too busy for people, too busy for one another, but we're also too busy for God. And so what happens is our intimacy with one another, our intimacy with our Heavenly Father, it's slowly but surely eaten away. It's slowly but surely eroded by our business. What was it, what was it the, the serpent wanted to do? What was it that Satan wanted to do in the Garden of Eden? He just wanted to destroy relationships. To destroy Adam and Eve's relationship with God and Adam and Eve's relationship with each other. You're still doing exactly the same thing, a slightly different tactic in 21st century London. And the saddest thing is that the lifestyles that we're leading, the busyness, the, 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 the madness, the insanity of, the, of our schedules, we just think it's normal. We just think that's, that is life. That's the way it's supposed to be. And yet Jesus says, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am humble and gentle in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. And our busyness is one of the key reasons that so many of us are leading um, marginless lives. Uh, And and why is it that we're doing that? Well, I think it's because we're filling our lives with and we're longing for things that in the grand scheme of things um, really don't matter that much. We're filling our lives with and we're longing for things that in the grand scheme of things just don't matter that much, And the Bible has a word for that, and it's one of those words that we don't like to use anymore, uh, certainly not of ourselves, and the word is idolatry. 
It's, it's idolatry. It's, it's taking things, taking things that may even be good things, and turning those things into supreme things. Deifying things. People, whatever it may be. It could be anything. Anything that isn't God. And this is one of the reasons you should be reading your Old Testament. You may not like it much, but that's another deception, I'm afraid. Read your Old Testament, because idolatry in the Old Testament never goes well. And idolatry in the Old Testament doesn't go well. Idolatry in the 21st century doesn't go well either. Okay? So learn from your Old Testaments. Read them, because it's the inspired word of God. That's Sorry, the second one. I won't stop. I'll stop there now. Um, it's not going to go well. We hear this all the time. We hear all the time. We hear people say in a different language. But basically, it's like, you know, well, if only we had so and such and such, then we'd be, then we'd be happy. If only, we had such a, if only we had this or that, then our marriage would be great. I mean, things are hard at the moment. But if only we had this and that, then our marriage would be great. If only we lived in such and such a place, then, you know, we'd be able to do all the things that God has called us to. If only. A lot of the talk of the if only, the if only, the longing, the yearning for the things that are actually not really of the Lord. We had this, or did this, or lived here, or changed this. Then, then, then. It's a delusion. It's a, it's a masterful ploy, and we get caught up in it all. And we, what happens then is we fall for that, and so then we're stuck in this trap, because then it's like, well, now I've got to work harder to get the promotion in the job that I don't actually enjoy, um, that's taking all of my time, so that I can get the promotion, so that I can get the pay rise, so that I can keep the house that I can't really afford, so I can carry on living in the place that I need to live, so that I can keep the lifestyle... You see, and we've suddenly we're caught on this whole thing and we're finding ourselves, how did I ever get here? I thought I had a much better vision for my life. And then we start to think, well, where does that come from? And then we realize that actually we, we're getting to the root of the issue and that's the fact that our sense of identity and our sense of value and our sense of self-worth is actually very much tied up with um, what I do and where I live and what other people think about me. That's a whole other sermon series. It's, a, it's basically idolatry. Um, it's a form of slavery. These are bondages that, that trap us and restrict us. And um, it's killing us. And it's killing our marriages. It's killing our families. It's killing our, our kids. It's not what God intended for us. And all the way through the whole thing, there's this voice of Jesus saying, Come to me. All you who are weary, all you who are heavy laden, come to me and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Learn from me, for I am humble and gentle in heart. And you will find rest for your souls. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. Jesus is saying, all the way through all of this chaos that we're in, Jesus is saying, do not be conformed any longer to the pattern of this world. Recognize it for what it is and just give it up. Don't be conformed any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Be transformed by changing your thinking. Step off the treadmill and instead learn to walk according to the rhythms, the pace of God's goodness and his grace. Jesus is saying to us, come to me. 
All you who are weary, all you who are burdened, come, all of you who are stressed, all of us who just feel overwhelmed, all of us who just, a long list of things that we just don't think we're going to get done. Jesus says, come to me. Jesus says, come to me, you single parents, parents who feel like you're at the end of your rope. Jesus says, come to me. Jesus says, all of those, all those of you who feel like your life is literally just about to come undone and unravel, Jesus says, come to me. Those of us who feel like we've got nothing left of ourselves, Jesus is speaking to them and he's saying, come to me. Come to me if you feel insignificant, if you feel lost. Just come. Come to Jesus, all of us. Come to me and And when we come to Jesus, what does he give us? Jesus says, come to me and I will give you rest. Rest. That kind of nirvana. What is that strange concept of rest? Oh, I've heard about it. It's spoken of in a strange and distant fairy tale land. Jesus says, come to me and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Learn from me. Learn from me. That's what, that's what this, this is what this is about. Part of what it's about. Coming together and learning from Jesus. Looking at the scriptures and learning from Jesus. Walking together in community, in relationship with one another. Not because we live geographically close, perhaps. But because we share the same values. We're called to the same thing. And so we do life together. And we learn from Jesus. We learn from one another. We support one another. We encourage one another. And why are we trying to learn from Jesus? We're trying to learn from Jesus because Jesus is gentle and humble in heart. And what do we find when we come to Jesus? His promise is that we will find rest for our souls. rest for our souls. Just let, just let the Spirit of God allow the concept of rest for your souls to sink in. It's awesome. So it's just like, that was a confirmation. Could have been a tongue. There might be an interpretation to what I'm not sure. If anyone has the interpretation, do feel free to let us know. We haven't had a tongue or interpretation for a while. But in the silence and the stillness of um, not being interrupted by other devices, um, allow (laughs) the concept of rest for your souls just to permeate your being. What What is peace? feel like actually stillness assurance tranquility rest for our souls and the general as a general rule many of us we're not very good at uh, doing rest Uh, not a lot of us know what rest is some of it's because it's been squeezed out of us um, the moment we had children Um, rest went out the window 
I remember before Kate and I had children, you know, we'd get up about half past 12 on a Saturday morning and <laughs> while away the day. Uh, that stopped. Um, so rest seems like a dim and distant memory for many of us. But um, we're not necessarily very good at rest. You know, we go on a holiday. Uh, some of us go on holiday and, and we kind of, uh, we do things like um, we go, you know, I don't know, bungee jumping or um, skydiving or shopping or sightseeing. You know, there's nothing more restful than traipsing around Florence in 35 degree August. Uh, queuing for seven hours for the Duomo and going, yes, it's awesome. You know, it's really re- relaxing and replenishing. Um, some of us even pursue the extreme sport of camping on our holidays, and, um, <laughs> and that is somehow supposed to be replenishing. I have absolutely no idea. Um, and so many of us come back from our holidays in need of a holiday. I'm definitely up for that category this year. Um, others... Otherwise, what we do is we spend a week of our, the first week of our holiday winding down, and there's a blissful 45 minutes sometime around the you know, swap-over day where we're actually enjoying ourselves before we start to wind ourselves back up uh, for the second week. Uh, we rarely rest. And yet Jesus is saying, when you come to me, when you come to Jesus, what will we find? We'll find rest for our souls. And um, the very thing that uh, many of us don't have is something that we long for. It's, it's like soul rest. It's a deep, deep rest. Uh, when we get um, busy, when we lose margin, for many of us, that's the very point at which we feel like we are even um, more indispensable. Um, less indispensable. Indispensable. Um, and, you know, that's the point at which we're like, I couldn't possibly take a day of rest. No, not now. Do you know what I've got going on? Uh, and we forget that even God himself worked for six days, and on the seventh day he rested. One of the Ten Commandments, thou shalt keep the Sabbath. Make it holy. Take a day off. Rest. Relax. Take it easy. It's this huge challenge. I, I find this a real challenge. I mean, I'm not, I'm, this is not something I have 100% nailed by any means. But this is the encouragement. This is the truth of the scripture in the Old Testament. God says you are to tend the land for six years. And on the seventh year, you, you, know, you're, you can't plant. You can't harvest. You have to give it a whole year of rest, a whole year off. You know, how would that go down? So we're just going to take a year off. How will we make any money? How will we survive? How will we eat? How will we do anything? Yet God is saying, do you know what you don't understand? What he's saying in this, in this concept here with the, with the land is if you work the land for six years, you will produce more. If you give it a year off, you will produce more over the six than you will over the seven. And when it comes down to it, living with margin is, um, is simply about uh, faith. This is simply about faith. Living with margin is, is what living by faith is really all about. You know, there are very, in my opinion, humble opinion, there are very few people who are called to live by faith, such that you know, they ask other people to fund their entire life. There are some people like that, but there are very few. But this is what the living by faith that we are all called to. Um, 
And, you know, we would never um, say it out loud. We're far too humble. But um, secretly, many of us think that we're, we're far too busy. We're far too important to take a day of rest. Um, we wouldn't say it out loud, but effectively what we're saying is, do you have any idea how important I am? A day off? A day of, How? Do you know who I am? I mean, if I stopped work for a moment, whole nations would fall into the sea. The, the, the planets, the planets would fall from their orbits. You know, thousands, tens of thousands may die. We have to have this in perspective. It's too important for me to take a day. I couldn't possibly. Look at the consequences. What would happen? I can't do that. What we're actually doing, when, what we're actually saying when we do that is when we're not making the choice to rest, you know, apart from having an overinflated sense of self-importance, what we're effectively saying is that God's principles are not true. What we're saying is that God's way of doing life you know, he really could do with some advice, some tips from me, from the master. I've really got this thing called life nailed. That's what we're saying. We're saying that we don't really believe what God has said. We're, we're saying that we don't believe that to rest is actually God's very, very best for us. It actually, in fact, makes us more productive. It makes us uh, more spiritually healthy, just more healthy. Where rest is so important. And, and God would have us reverse that way of thinking. God is, God is wanting to transform us. He's wanting to transform us in the way that we do life. He wants to renew our minds, change our minds, renew our thinking. And the way that we're going to do that this week is we're going we're gonna to up our five minutes of stillness to... Some of you need to decrease your stillness from, like, you know, 23 and a half hours. <laughs> um, we are going to up our five minutes of stillness to, to well done, <laughs> to 10, to 10, okay? Just 10 minutes a day where we're going to do nothing. We're just going to allow his presence to come. We're going to allow his spirit to have his way, and it will begin to change the way that we we think and the way that we live. Now, if you haven't managed the five minutes from last week, okay, that's okay. Just go back and let's nail the five minutes first and then build up to ten minutes, okay? So if you haven't managed to do the five minutes every day this week, just do five minutes and then let's see where we go, okay? This is all about coming to Jesus, Everything that we're talking about, thinking and talking about margin, this is all about us coming to Jesus. This is all about him. This is our response to Jesus' invitation to come to me, all you who are weary and burdened. We are recognizing that we're weary, that we're burdened. We're coming to the end of an academic year. This is the time many of us are tired, just naturally, through the rhythm of life. We're just saying... We want to come to Jesus. We want to give our hearts and our minds to this. We want to turn our attention to this. And we want to pursue Jesus such that he gives us the rest that he's promised us. We are wanting to take his yoke upon us. We're wanting to learn from him. Because we know that he's gentle and humble in heart.
We're wanting to find rest for our souls. Because we know that his burden is easy and his yoke is light.